It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, good afternoon. Good morning, wherever you are. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the Beeson Studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. We'll get to Monday night with the Rams laying three and a half. But I want to back up, if you don't mind, Michael, and dig a little bit more into this Jets situation. It's a 45-17 <laughs> loss. First off, we can just put the Mike White thing over here. Insert Zach Wilson and see what you have at quarterback. Stop. Secondly, there has to be an independent evaluation in any business across the board of individual, as far as if there's progression with a coach, if there's progression with an accountant, it doesn't matter. And so Salah, would another coach have this defense playing better? Would another coach have the personnel playing better? And your answer to before was quite simply, yes, you think that he's in over his head. Well, I I think this, I I think this, let's just go through uh, what the NFL has taught us is that the Pete Carroll system of cover three, middle of the field close, which Gus Bradley decided that he was going to to run last night, which helped the Chiefs get their offense going again, uh, and spot drops and play that way is over with. I mean, even in the game, even in the game that they won against the Bengals, they they, they were they struggled to stop them. I mean, they struggled to stop them in that game. The Bengals stopped themselves. But I think so. That's the problem. So you hired 
you hired an antiquated scheme and you say, okay, great. The scheme's not, not what it once was. He'll adapt. He'll change. He'll become somebody else. No, he won't. He doesn't know any other scheme. He's been born and bred into this Pete Carroll system. That's all he knows. That's all he knows. And so now it all comes down to we just have to get better players. It all comes down to, you know, three of the last four weeks, we've given up over almost 490 yards in every game. 551 to New England, 522 to, to excuse me, 522 to the Colts, and 489 yesterday. And as, as, as Will Hill said, they, they stopped. They could have kept going. They could have kept going yesterday. You know, they forced two turnovers, which really limited the time. So for me, I see this as an indictment of you hired the wrong scheme. It doesn't fit. And so your question that you have to evaluate is, can he change? Is he adaptable? And we know the answer to that is no. We know the answer to that is no. He's never changed. And, we, and, and I said this when he got hired. Unless he was bringing Bosa and Armstead and DeForest Buckner and Fred Warner and all those players from San Francisco, this ain't going to work. Defensive reputation, the past four games, the Jets have given up 54, 31, 45, and 45. They've allowed 175 points in those four games. That's the second most allowed since the merger in 70. The Jets are indeed last in points per allowed, point yards per allowed in the NFL. Today, Rex Ryan said, this guy's supposed to be a defensive guru. I take it personal. Don't ever compare this Robert Salah guy to me. Statistically, one time they were a top defense. Four out of five times they were dead last in their division. They are going to be dead last again, so he's going to get used to that. He said he's pissed off about it when he heard his backgrounds like his, meaning Ryan is pissed about Salah being compared to him. Do you think the Jets, do you think Woody Johnson will move on after year one? No, I mean, they won't admit, you have to admit a mistake, but if you're lost, what are you going to keep going? I mean, Rex is, Rex is not, you know, you could say Rex talks a lot of things. No, Rex is talking the truth here. Rex is talking the truth. Rex knows. I mean, the, the, there's no comparison. Rex is, for a lot of things Rex was, you know, Rex understood how to set up a game plan. He understood how to fit the pieces, and he was multiple within a scheme. I mean, this guy's not. He's a one horse. He's a one trick pony, and the pony and, and the ponies, the ponies out of out of touch. And the and that that's not even to say anything about the offense. I mean, I don't know how you could have hired him. There was no team. He was the hot commodity. The media made him out to be the hot commodity. He had all the insiders going for him, right? He had the Glazers, the shout. Everybody was promoting him. But when he went for the interviews, everybody came less than. And then the Jets hired him. Nobody was I impressed. Couldn't even get Don yeah, Mar- right. I couldn't even get Joe Douglas to return my text on Don Martindale. He wouldn't even interview him. He said he was too much like Rex Ryan. No, he's not. You don't even know what you're talking about. He's not Rex Ryan. And Joe Douglas has done a terrible job. Nothing. Right? I mean, as it, far as It shows personnel. me Douglas, well, he doesn't know what he's doing because, he, the, because if he did, he couldn't have interviewed Salai and say this is going to be the right guy. You can't. He knows one scheme. I was complaining about him when he was at San Francisco, when he had all those players. You know, Garoppolo gets the crap for losing the Super Bowl. Well, it wasn't Garoppolo on third and 18 that he played cover three and don't carry the guy and Tyreek Hill converts it. It wasn't Garoppolo on the field when he gets a pass interference because he can't play man-to-man and he plays man-to-man on the third down play and they get pass interference in the end zone. This is that you're you're hiring a guy who knows how to do something, right? He doesn't know how to adjust to anything. 
And it's all emotion. It's all emotion-based. That doesn't win in the National Football League. And the players are going to tune it out. I mean, now this week they get Miami at home. We'll see. Miami's offense isn't very good. Then they go to Houston. Then they Philly, New Orleans. Then they got Miami again, Jacksonville. I mean, they got an easy schedule. So Rex said, the disappointing thing to me is this team doesn't play with any damn heart. He continued. This is interesting. This is a horrendous defense, Ryan said. Now they're going to say we didn't have our safeties, of course, May. So what? Everybody has a million injuries, let alone an above safety you're missing. I remember playing with five corners one season. It never looked like this. I think we were fifth in the league in defense that year. Rex is going in on Salah and the excuses as far as personnel. Well, I mean, that's all he can do is make excuses. I mean, he can't make adjustments. I mean, that's what happens. You know, he can't make adjustments. And, you know, and, and, and he's going to say, well, we don't have our players. Well, nobody has their players. Everybody's hurt with players. I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, look, you need it. You need it. The, the guy who's the head coach has to be the chief figure out officer. He's got to solve the problems. This guy can't solve the problems. That's why the Jets will never win. Woody Johnson doesn't understand it. Who, and whoever's advising Woody can't help him. How would you handle it? Would you interview player by player and try to get a vibe for what they think? Like, how would you handle this? I would watch the tape and I would tell Woody that, look, this, we are, it's not going to work. We're not going to go anywhere. This is not going to work. We, you hired a guy that doesn't know how to fix the problems. He's not a chief figure out officer. We either get this right or we're going to, next year we're going to make the change. However you want to do it. Should Woody look at Joe Douglas and say, uh, let's go ahead and take a look at your performance here as well? Well, I mean, you know, I, th I think he should. But, you know, Joe Douglas is politically, his political capital wall off at Handsome. Charts. It's a lot of money to fire <laughs> off. It's incredible. He, he, you know? People love it's Joe incredible. Douglas, man. I can't get it. By no, the way, of course breaking, they do. breaking news, Michael, it is indeed a torn ACL for Chase Young. He's going to be done for the year. Yeah, that's a shame. It's a shame. You know, it's horrible. And, uh, you know, Aaron Jones got hurt yesterday, but they say it's just an MCL. They feared it was an ACL. And then T.J. Watt was going for uh, an MRI today, so we'll see on that. And, you know, it's tough when you lose a player. Uh, but, you know, they played. They were able to play better defense. They played good defense. And Washington's going to have to adjust and move forward. Look, Washington has played better defense the last three weeks of the season. They really have. As, uh, you know, they have – I'm not saying they're great, but they played – They've played winning defense the last couple games, the last three weeks of the season, that they shouldn't be in this kind of a bad a shape that they've been in. And yesterday they did. Yesterday was the yesterday they only gave up 273 yards. I mean, they gave up 304 to Green Bay, 273. They've actually played better since the Kansas City game, or actually the second half of the Kansas City game. They've played pretty good defense. Conversely, you know who wasn't happy? Bruce Arians. He said, we're very dumb. Yeah. Penalties. We've got to do some soul searching. Lack of execution. The energy wasn't there. And he was specific about Brady on one of the picks as well. Well, I mean, Brady made a horrible read, but the other pick wasn't his fault. I mean, look, like I said, it was, Brady wasn't on the field when they got the ball with 10 minutes to go in the game, and they never saw it again. I mean, it wasn't Brady. I mean, I think the whole team was looked like they were still on bye week. Yeah. The whole team looked like it. And I said this on Sunday with you and you and me when we did our show. Uh, I said, look, when Brady doesn't have his security blankets, Gronk and Antonio Brown, he's not comfortable. He doesn't trust a lot of people. Your boy Leonard Fournette is running in mud, by the way. <laughs> he just doesn't look very explosive, does he? <laughs> he I mean, he didn't, he didn't look good after the bye week, did he? He looked better earlier in the year. It's, that's exactly right. 
Um, again, it, it, again, I think this goes back to what we talked about last week, the wreck of the Emmet. It's about who's practicing, whose execution is going to really make a difference now, who's putting pads on this time of the year, who's going to have a hard Wednesday practice, who's going to have a hard Thursday practice. You know, that's the, that's the, the teams that separate themselves. You know, when the teams, when you back off, that's why maybe the Raiders have had this downward second half of the season because they get away from doing the things that you have to do to win football games. That's why November, December football is way different than September, October. You've got to be able to take care of the details. And in the details is fundamentals, good tackling, really smart execution, the ability to, to, to have rushes and completions combined together. That's how you win. And speaking of Washington, Michael, they head to Carolina, so there's going to be uh, reunited. Maybe it feels good. Cam, it just said uh, across the bottom here, Matt Rule said Cam's going to get most of the first-team snaps. You would expect him to start over Walker, right, against Washington? Oh, he's got to start. I mean, he's got to start. I mean, look, P.J. PJ Walker did a good job. He tried to throw a couple more interceptions than he did. You know, one was hit the ground first when they were in field goal range. It saved them. But you, you know they, they're going to need to get they're going to need to get Cam on the field and get him going. Why, if not now, when Patrick? If not, if not now, now when. when? And Carolina in that matchup is lane three with Washington and Heineke. Heineke will revert back to being Heineke. He just again he needs to play Tampa. He needs to see Todd Bowles and Tom Brady on the other sideline, and he'll be. I mean, he, yeah, Heineke I, was I mean, very this good. O, this O line did a great this O line did a great job against Tampa yesterday. Yeah, well put. Okay. Uh, the segment you wait for each week, and specifically on Monday, step into my office. Michael Lombardi's got some harsh words for a few of you out there, and we'll get to that next coming up here on the Lombardi Line. You can find us at VEASAN Live, and you can find Michael on Twitter at MLombardiNFL. Step into my office next. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Prop Tracker. It's now available at vcin.com for you to keep up with the NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as movement. So, for example, you can track MVP, head coach of the year, rookie of the year, more. Get current odds and get the Prop Tracker, betting splits and key trends over at vcin.com slash NFL. Okay, we welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line. This is uh, what we wait for every week. And again, for those of you stepping into Michael Lombardi's office, it's sometimes <laughs> not, it's what you need to hear. You don't want to hear what Michael's going to tell you, but oftentimes it's what we need to hear that is uh, the most important. So we'll start here. A gentleman I'm sure you know, his name's Pete, last name Carroll. Step into my office or Michael's office. Uh, the Packers defeat the Seahawks 17-0 with Russ back. What would you say to Pete? I'd say, Pete, I'm really impressed with how how well you fixed your defense. I'm really impressed with how you've changed your willingness to not let your ego get in the way of of wanting to run your scheme and changing what you're doing, and you're getting players to buy into it defensively. We continue down that path. We'll have a chance to be there at the end in terms of a wild card or perhaps even kind of finding a way to slink our way in. But the biggest concern is until we fix this offense, until we find a way to get some balance, until we find a way to get our Russell Wilson back going again, and we got to fix this offensive line. It's been a real issue. We just can't get control of the game with our offensive line, and you know it. I mean, you know it as well as anybody. You want balance. That's why you hired uh, Waldron to be the D offensive coordinator. But we got to take some of the pressure. We got to get Russell to get going, and we got to get DK Metcalf to kind of act 
and behave in a fashion where we're getting the football more consistently. We got to include him in the offense, and we got to take his anger and transpose it into a competitive nature, not an angry nature. And I think that'll help us serve our way down the field. But we got to keep doing what we're doing, but we got to practice. I think we got to get better on offense, and that's going to be the key to what we do this week. Okay, Peter, thank you for stopping by. From Peter to Arthur, Arthur Smith with the mutton chops, he's in. They were feeling themselves, mm. and then the Cowboys put yeah. an ass whooping on them, 43-3. to What are you going to say to Art? Well, look, you know, it, it was a hard game. We're not good enough on defense to, to really handle what they did. And when they execute like that, it's going to be a tough day. I mean, it just proves how far we are away from what we need to become, especially when we play against a good quarterback. I think that's pretty clear. You know, we can get by with it with Trevor Simeon. I mean, when you add the fourth quarter – uh, Arthur, of our Saint game, and then you add these five quarters. We haven't played very good defense in the past five quarters. I think people have uncovered what we're trying to do. Understandable, we're just not good enough. I don't blame you. I blame our personnel. Offensively, the key component here is, you know, we only had nine completions out of Matt Ryan. We're going to have to try to do a better better job. Once again, we paid – we paid Mike Davis. Mike Davis has kind of let us down. Every time he gets money, he doesn't ever end up coming through. He's better off being the hungry soldier. So I understand why you're benching him and going in a different direction with Wayne Gallman as the running back. But I think this, we have to prepare for, especially this week, is Belichick's going to take Cordell Patterson away. He's not going to let Cordell Patterson beat us. You know, he'll put you know somebody on pits and take his chances with pits. Good player. But Patterson's hard to get on the ground. Patterson's hard to play with. And we've got to do a better job protecting our quarterback. And we've got to have to figure out a way to get Patterson the ball because from this point forward, no one's going to let Patterson dominate the game. Okay, next up, as we move from Arthur Smith, a guy that's in a bad mood today, Michael, so be careful. He said his team is very dumb. Bruce Arians, step into Michael Lombardi's office. You know, I think it's interesting how, Bruce, you always blame Brady for everything that goes wrong. I mean, I think is he using Brady to kind of demonstrate that you still have control over the team? Uh, you know, I think really at the end of the day, you're right. Your execution was bad in all phases, and Brady wasn't very good either. But I think the fact that, you know, you didn't have attention to detail in this game leads me to believe with the Monday night game coming up, you need to have a really good Thursday and Friday practice this week. you got to get back to basics. you got to get this team – off that bye week, they've been rested. They played like they were rested. And there's got to be a little bit of a disposition into it. And we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do with the secondary because it's not very good right now, especially at the corners. And what's going to happen with Vita Vey? I think that's going to be the key thing, how we handle that injury. Pierre Paul doesn't look the same. Shaq Barrett got blocked rather easily yesterday. So the defensive front, when it doesn't control the game, it's going to be a real issue. We've got to, got to, have to get back to our fundamentals and basics. I will admit, I think most would agree with me, it's kind of, I think it's like a fetish for Bruce to criticize man, um, Tom. but It, it gives the, him some stature. It's, yeah. Well, he tries, yeah. but when push comes to shove, Brady's running the personnel. He's running the team. Well, Brady knows. I mean, Brady's like, I'll take the receiver yeah. here. I'll take the running back here. Bruce, you go have a cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Get the Fu Manchu going. Yeah, I mean, like, seriously. Yeah, I'd love to have a I don't cocktail. get it. You know, I don't know why he's got to – you know, like, I get – going after Brady and, and, and with behind the doors, but publicly I don't get it. Like, yeah, why do you weird. got to embarrass the guy? It's weird. You know, I mean, you really think that you're carrying the program or is he carrying the program? Who's carrying this program? Reeks and of insecurity. Everything you, criticized, everything you criticized was really an indictment of yourself. I mean, read what, you, read what he said. 
Read what he said. He indicted himself. It was a bad coaching job, if it was anything. The team wasn't ready to play. Whose fault's that? The quarterbacks? Yeah, Arian said his team lacked execution and energy. That feels like something the coach has got to get, get, get into. I, I, I mean, seriously, like, seriously, like, what, what are we talking about here? I like how he said they've got to do some soul searching. All right, let's not get too. He's got to do some. Hey, let's not get too emo. Okay, you just won a championship. You're fine. Just take it easy, Bruce. Um, okay, next up, Bruce leaves. Here comes oh, Mr. Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski. After getting that ass whooping by the Patriots, what are you going to say to Kevin? Well, I think you got to prove to your team you can make adjustments. I think there's no doubt. I think the team's questioning our adjustments on defense with Joe Wood. I mean, can we adjust? I mean, really, Josh McDaniels knew exactly what we were going to do, knew the adjustments, and attacked the adjustments. So we got to fix that problem. we got to get better on third down. We're too good of a pass-rushing team to have another team go seven for nine for us on third down. We've got to mix it up. We've got to become more complicated on third down. If not, it does. we're going to waste Miles Garrett's great season. We really are. We're mm. five and five. We can't afford to do that. Now, offensively, you're restricted. I know. The quarterback restricts you. I, you know, I know he's the first pick overall in the draft, but if he were picked in the fourth round, you know, we, would not, we would not be having this conversation. We'd be talking about all his liabilities. But because he was the first pick overall, he gets a pass. Let's not give him a pass. We know who we are. We know what we have to do. And when we play against really good coaches, we know they're going to make us play left-handed. We have to play from in front. Once that game became 14-7, to 21-7, game over. Game over. We can't play from it. We have no drop-back pass game. I've said it for numerous years now. They have no drop-back pass game. And Baker can't throw the ball from a drop-back pass scheme. So we know that. So what happened yesterday is just kind of a reminder. If we don't play the way we need to play, we're going to lose. Okay. That was it for stepping in my office. Now I'm going to throw a couple randoms at you. By the way, I know you, you – You've and everybody speaks highly of Rich Bisaccia, the uh, coach here with, with the Raiders. Yeah. How about giving up with 10 minutes, 10-plus 10 minutes to go? He gave up on the team when he punted. Completely yeah, I mean, gave look, up. I mean, I mean, there's a difference between everybody liking you and being ready to lead an NFL team on all three phases of the game. Like, it's, there's three different things, right? Like, again, you're the chief figure-out officer. You know, don't confuse being a manager, which is doing what's right which is doing what's right, as opposed, which is doing things that you have to do. Managers do things right. Leaders do the right thing. And sometimes we confuse managers for leaders. Rick, uh, Coach Passacci is a manager. He manages it really well. And, you know, and all the praise that, that, that came from Mayock. I don't blame Rich for the game. Look, what, who I blame is the misevaluations of who they are on defense. Crosby's a good player. We really don't have very much defensive players. You know, I don't care that, that pro football focus says Casey Hayward is the <laughs> uh -oh. second best corner. I can promise you there's a lot of better corners than Casey Hayward in the league. You know? I'm and sorry, who said that? This scheme. What, this scheme, what, what outlet said that about pro Casey? Football focus, okay, pro football focus. Thank pro you. football focus. Pro football focus. Thank you. You know, and Genuflect. so my favorite, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> you know, and so look, you know, we, we've got to be able to play a multiple front defensively. I said this when they hired Gus Bradley. You're going down the wrong road. You're going down like like who's making football decisions with an eye on the future? Clearly not not, and it's not Rich Bisacci's fault. Mayock, Gruden specifically, although that Gruden lawsuit, I had an email from a friend that you know that that lawsuit is is nothing's been publicized about it. That I don't think that has very many good chances in it. In fact, number one, I was told by a labor lawyer that many would think that 
since he's settled with the Raiders, he's not really entitled That's to have a lawsuit say. against the league. Isn't he getting paid from the Raiders? So is there? Would he yeah. have to eschew that then to try to sue the league? Wouldn't he have to give the, one of them up? Right. Yeah, and apparently some of the claims are so nebulous, and it's like it, it, it'd be. I don't think the league office is worried about this at all. Well, the problem is Gruden's. He's building like a mansion out in the Highlands over here. He was having a good time running the Raiders. He's going to sell it. He's going to sell it. He's going to have it. He's going back to Tampa. He's going back to. Of course, he can go back to where well, he can go back to his gated community down there. He's going to well. Let me just check out Zillow to see if I can get a deal on that. Nope, I don't think I can afford that one. Well, so it's Jeezy, we ain't moving in. All right, uh, let's step into my office. Great job with that. And Basachi's got a hell of a goatee. That thing is immaculate. He just doesn't know how to run a game. Uh, when we so come did Arians. When, yeah. One thing we knew what Arians did on the bye week, Solid he grew that goatee. goatee good, didn't he? Yep, yep, Solid. absolutely. We Solid. come back, Josh is going to join them. We'll get Michael's play on Monday Night Football. As we continue along, don't forget, everything, vcin.com, at vcin Live. Keep it going on a Monday. It's the Lombardi line. You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, our VSIN Black Friday offer is here. Right now, you can sign up $99 midseason football special. You get everything. For 99 bucks, and then when you do, you get $20 in credit at the VEASAN store. You can get that cool hat you see, or Brent's motto, cash and tickets, is what it's all about. All of it there at the VEASAN store. So hurry, because if you can sign up right now, you get the deal. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for the Black Friday special. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, we're back. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. We bring in Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod. VEASAN.com slash podcast. Betting across America with Pritch. And he's, he's got a big-ass smile on his face because his Patriots are building something special. As we say hi to you, Josh. But, 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 he, but he picked against <laughs> them. I mean, he went with the Browns. Did. Did, he fade he the, did he fade the Pats? Oh, of course he did. Of course he had to. That's where, that's where that line was going. That's, you got to go there. <laughs> that's an emotional hedge for Josh Applebaum. First off, what's up, Josh? And what do you got for us? Yeah, so much to talk about today, guys. Patrick, Michael, great to be with you. And, Michael, you are right. I was Browns there. Again, that was a really good teaser spot, I thought, two and a half to eight and a half. But just goes to show you, looking back on yesterday, sometimes when a line bottoms out and then you have buyback, that was always kind of a little bit of apprehension. So, yeah, I, I was on the Browns yesterday, even though I'm a Pats fan. But when it got down to one and a half, I think you saw a lot of buyback on New England, bringing it back to two and a half. So, like, again, you win a bet, you lose a bet, you know, do an autopsy. What'd you get right? What'd you get wrong? Make sure next time that situation takes place, they're able to capitalize on it. But, guys, overall, it wasn't a huge dog day that we're used to, but dogs continued to grind out a very slight profit here, uh, which is what we've seen all year long. Dogs 7-5 and five ATS yesterday. They're now 85-52 and 52 ATS on the year, 58%. But two couple things in particular that we talked about on yesterday's show, these road dogs, road dogs, again, with a mitigation of home field advantage, five and three ATS yesterday, they're now 56 and 33 ATS on the year, 63%. And really these road dogs plus seven or less, we talked about this yesterday, but big distinction between seven or less or seven and a half or more, the dogs seven and a half or more, not great this year. I think they're like 40%, but seven or less. 4-2 ATS yesterday. They're now 73% on the year, 47 and 17 ATS. And then unders, guys. You know, we saw that, uh, you know, the, uh, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Great teachable moment there with bad weather and wind. These windy unders, 3-1 uh, uh, yesterday with 10 miles an hour or more. They're now 31 and 15 on the year, 67%. 
And guys, another thing is that those game day moves. Now, you didn't get all of them, but we always really uh, take advantage of and try to think about on game day when big money comes in, it's not going to win every time, but those game day moves were four and one. I'm thinking about Detroit. Patrick, your your big bet there, Thank Cash. You. You're you're half a million richer today, Thank my you. man. Thank plus nine down to plus six. You tie that one. Carolina tev- uh, plus ten down to seven. You win that one. Philly. We talked about them. Big uh, movement. Two and a half down to a pick. They win. The only one that didn't come through with that big game day move was Atlanta. They're nine to down to seven and a half, and they get rolled in that one. So dogs, road dogs, unders, windy unders, and game day moves, guys. This is really what we've seen yesterday and throughout the year. You know, turn a decent profit. Hey, hey, Josh, didn't the Jets move too? Weren't the Jets moving yesterday too? Weren't, weren't there? Wasn't was there a lot of movement on the Jets in the after before kickoff? Yeah, they were. I think Michael, they opened getting like thirteen at one point. You saw them get down to I think eleven. And it went and all the way 12. down to eleven. Yeah, it went yeah. down to eleven. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they they had a bunch, bunch of movement. You know, yeah, I agree. Right. I, I agree with you. Like, I think sometimes you know it, it it goes, and I think this. I think sometimes the line movement, like I've saw. In you know, when Minnesota, Dallas, there was tons of line movement, San Francisco, Arizona, the quarterback position switches it. But when there's not the quarterback position, then it's obviously the money. And and yesterday there was certainly some games that it went in that favor and some games that just didn't. Okay. You're not going to win them all, no, like you say. Can't win them all, but those are some good stats. The Rams and the 49ers tonight. This is fascinating, Josh. Let's set up where it opened, both side and total, and where we're sitting now. Yeah, that's kind of a blueprint play for me, guys. If you're a contrarian better, you want to be on the respected side. I mean, this is a game that gets you excited because San Fran is checking off a lot of boxes here. You look at the Rams coming off that loss to Tennessee, 28-16. Uh, to 16, You lose outright as a seven-point favorite. Public saying, hey, you're 7-2 and two straight up. You're a good team this year. You get Odell, but no Robert Wood. I think that injury could play a factor here. But even though you're getting, at and according to BetMGM, guys, 88% of bets are on the Rams side. This is as lopsided as you're ever going to find. Kind of reminds me of when Brady went back to New England, how lopsided that game was. We had another one earlier this year uh, when the Ravens were at home against the Chiefs when they were only getting like 15% of bets. So just from the standpoint of pretty much everybody betting the Rams here, I want to be against the public and be on San Fran. But again, you know, I discovered Contrarian like 10 years ago and I got into it. I'm like, hey, this is great. We just bet against what everyone else is doing and we'll be fine. No, it's not that easy. you got to have an element of respected money as well, and that's why I really like San Fran. It's not only that they're only getting 12% of bets today, guys, but they're also getting really sharp movement in their favor. They get open plus 4.5. They're down to 3.5, even though everyone is betting the Rams. Uh, And you're seeing some shops, a couple of them at least, are plus 3.5, minus 115. Like, it may get down to 3. I don't know if it will, but this is further movement towards San Fran, even though everybody is laying the Rams here. A couple things to like about this, guys. Primetime dogs, you couldn't get the Raiders last night, but they're still 29 ATS on the year, 69%. And also Shanahan and Jimmy G. You see big discrepancies between them as a dog and a favorite. Shanahan, not good as a favorite, 9 and 22 ATS, 29%. But as a dog, 23 and 17 ATS, 58%. Same thing, Jimmy G, 11 and 15 ATS as a favorite, only 42%. Jimmy G as a dog, 11 and 4 ATS, 73%. So we got everybody betting the Rams. The Lions going to the 49ers. We're in a divisional spot, uh, and we're seeing further movement with pretty much no buyback. Guys, I'm on the 49ers here, plus three and a half. I think it's a pretty good play to sweat. 51 the total. You know, it's – go ahead, Mike. The thing I like about this, I think what, what Josh is saying, I think this is a Custer last stand game. I mean, this is it for the 49ers. I don't see – I know they have Jacksonville next week, and that's an easy win. But, you know, they've, they've had so many games. In the, they've lost both to Arizona. They've already lost to Seattle, right? They can't afford to lose any more of these West games. I mean, this is it. This is their season here. 
I, I really believe that. I think if they if they come out of this game and they don't win it, and and I, I don't think they're going to be able to to do any anything. I think it's going to be a bad year. And from what I'm hearing internally in that building through the Mac Jones and the Trey Lance and all the conversations, it's not good. It's not good. And I think I think another loss will make it look really bad. I mean, you know, they they could easily if they go three and six. How do you come back from that? I know they have Jacksonville coming up, but there's not a lot of winnable games. They still have Houston. They have Atlanta. So, you know, there's six wins, but it's going to be hard for them. Yeah, we're going to discuss that more coming up here on the show. Get Michael's lean. Maybe not a play, but get his lean. Uh, a game you wanted to bring up. It's a fascinating game in the late window next week. Josh, that's Dallas at Kansas City. Yeah, this one jumped out to me, guys. I always look at, you know, Sunday night when these lines drop, you know, what, what are some immediate moves? And we do know that, you know, your sharpest guys, your wise guys, you know, your Billy Walters, they do some head fakes here and there. You'll bet one side early, go back the other way. But there are also moves that are legit early, and they're they're legit early because maybe the odds makers have a different number than what, uh, you know, people who set their own numbers have. And if those uh, professional bettors see a discrepancy, they'll get down. So what we're getting at here, guys, this 425 game, Cowboys and Chiefs, it's going to be, I would assume, aside from the primetime game, the most heavily bet game of that Sunday slate, everybody's going to be watching this game. And early on, you saw some money toward Dallas. A lot of these books open uh, Chiefs laying two or even laying two and a half at some shops. And immediately that two and a half, two got hit. It is now down to pretty much one and a half across the board. But this line is going toward Dallas. And this would match a couple systems we're looking at this year, guys. Short road dogs plus three or less. 16 and 7 against the spread, 70%. Uh, those road dogs, 7 or less, 73% as well. And also the, this dog off a blowout system match. If you win a game by 20 or more, you come back the next week and you're a dog. So I'm pretty good this year. 6 and 4, ATS overall, 63% the last decade. And of, and of course, these road dogs that we keep mentioning uh, all season long doing well would match with Dallas. So, Michael, any early thoughts there? Is it, hey, Kansas City, you know, you're off the key number, just lay it? Or can Dallas, you know, maybe cover or win this game outright? Well, I mean, I think it's going to be – this will be a huge challenge for the Chiefs' defense. So I know they've played really well. They played good against David Carr yesterday, but Prescott's a little different situation. So many weapons on Dallas, you know, so many weapons that they can go point for point with them. So uh, I, I think it's a pick em type game. I, I don't think the field – I think we're going to learn about the weather. I think that's still to factor in all this stuff. And then the injury report as it comes through. I think Dallas needs to get Tav Trevon Smith back. I think that's going to be the key, you know, for them. Fascinating game. Cowboys Chiefs coming up next week. Josh, I'm going to ask you this because I care. Do you have another cold? <laughs> uh, per, uh, so I'll be true, totally honest with you guys. We had Friendsgiving last night. We had a fire in, in the backyard, a small bonfire. Yes. Yes. So, guys, I, I, got, I don't know what it is. I smell like smoke. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm battling a little bit. Pretty, Congestion. Uh, you know, here, Patrick. Yeah. We're, we're getting there. Yeah, we'll, we'll be okay. We're playing hurt, but we're all right. You got to take care of yourself, bro. I, I mean, if yeah, it, you said hi to us, I could hear the congestion. <laughs> immediately just started turning into mom mode uh okay yep. so so just to just to recap you're going to be on the you're going to be on the 49ers bigly tonight Applebaum. bigly and by bigly one unit like any other bet patrick of course but uh yeah i, I just love the fact that you're getting such lopsided betting on the rams 88 percent. and guys 88 percent of bets you, the line should move in your favor you know you open four and a half you should be up to five five and a half six this is kind of one of those situations where the odds makers they will take a position. They have lopsided action here, but they're okay with it because their more respected betters seem to be leaning on the 49ers. That's where I want to be. So I'll, I'll take the hook, you know, maybe lose by three, win the game outright, see if we can cover with the plus three and a half. Okay, Josh, good luck tonight. And on with Pritch later, betting across America, the 
of course, podcast, all our podcasts, beaston.com slash podcast. Get some chicken noodle soup there, homie. Thank you. Oh, yeah, seriously. Hey, hey, uh, uh, tell Mike Palmer, uh, you know, uh, Bill Berman to send me a nice cocktail. Uh, yes, I'm sure, I'm, sure they'll be right, I'm sure they'll be right on that. They, <laughs> your two biggest fans. <laughs> we, come, you know, we come back. Uh, Michael Lombardi give his take on the Rams 49ers. Coming up next here at Lombardi Line. <laughs> Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM, the king of sports books, lock of the year tonight. New betters at BetMGM. You bet 10 bucks. On the 49ers or Rams, either team scores a touchdown, you're going to get paid $200 in free bets. When you use the bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200, betmgm.com, the king of sportsbooks. Check it out. Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem. It's 1-800-GAMBLER. We got you back here on the Lombardi line. So Monday Night Football wraps up week 10 tonight. I want to, before we get a lean from you, Let's um, elucidate a little bit on what you were talking about as far as the issues potentially bubbling there with San Francisco since that fourth quarter in the Super Bowl hasn't gone well. This has been a very, very disappointing season for Shanahan and that team. I, I'm not going to ask you to tell me everything you're hearing, but what, what's the genesis of the issues? Well, I, I think there's obviously there's, there was a disagreement of evaluation you know, and they can say they were all 1,000% behind Trey Lance, but that's, that's not the case. And whenever there's a disagreement in the organization, whenever there is one guy in control, and, and make no mistake about it, Kyle Shanahan has full control in his contract. John Lynch works for him. Whenever there's a disagreement and whenever somebody goes against what, who's in control of what they believe in and what they believed in was right, it, it's going to cause some kind of – ill effect within the organization. Just like had they had Mac Jones been bad and Trey Lance was great, you know, then it would be, you know, it's like I can remember saying to Al Davis, you know, when we wanted to hire a certain coach, I said this is going to be a disaster of epic proportions. And I knew when it was I was going to be out because he was going to be mad that I was right. Hmm. There's always con- that, that strife within the organization, who's right, who's wrong, you know, and this has been brewing. I mean, this has been brewing. I mean, th- this is – and I'm not the only one reporting this. I, I mean, s- Bay Area writers have reported this, that they're, they, within the organization, he, they're not happy. I mean, Kyle wanted Mac Jones. He got talked out of it. And now he's got Trey Lance. And you've heard his comments about Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. And now the team's not playing well. The team doesn't look like it's cohesive, you know, you know, are they are they still, you know, to me, this is the defining moment for their team. And all it takes is one win to unify yourself. But the difference between the 49ers and, let's say, some of these other teams that are unified and playing together, Tennessee, I mean, they're willing to overcome the obstacles and fight through. San Francisco, you know, they, they, they haven't been. And that quarterback controversy has really created more problems within their locker room than it's solved. You know, you could say Jimmy G's terrible, but no player on the team thinks Lance is ready to go play. You know, and, and when all you needed to know was watch Jimmy G's conversation yeah. when they asked him who was going to be the starter. He laughed about it. He did. He laughed at it. And now it makes sense. I'm thinking of a lot of the maybe you want to say coded or passive comments that Shanahan has made about 
Trey Lance, I feel like it's not necessarily against Trey Lance. It's against the organization. Now that you start to unpack the way he's been talking about them. It is definitely against the organization. I mean, he just he, he, he went against what he believes in. He, believe, he made that trade from Cabo because he felt like he saw somebody who fit perfectly with what he wanted to do, who was, who was a lot like Jimmy G, but better, mm-hmm. better, smarter, handle things, be able to do that. And they all said to him, like a lot of people, a lot. They weren't just. There was a lot of people out. You can't take. You can't take Mac Jones third. He's not worthy of the third pick. You can't take it. I mean, I remember doing a podcast. Uh, two guys tell me you can't. You're completely wrong on this. And when it happened, you see, we were right. You were wrong, Lombardi. We were right. No, I wasn't wrong. How's it working out now for you? And maybe Trey Lance would come out. You know who's right about all this? June Jones. June Jones was interviewed in, in Yahoo before the draft. Who's the best quarterback? Mac Jones. Where's Trey Lance going to go? Trey Lance is a year away from being a year away. I don't know if he'll ever be good enough. Read that. Go back and read the the Yahoo column that June Jones wrote. I think Charles Robinson wrote it. I'm not sure who did. But but he was all over it. Anybody who studies the game and understands what it takes to play the position saw it. But I'm telling you what happened, Patrick. That picture of Mac Jones without a shirt on. I agree. That did more damage to that kid than anything. It was, it was like when, you know, Oswald holding that rifle that convicted him, right? That pitcher said he's a bad athlete. I, I genuinely believe that there starts to become – first off, I think red hair didn't help him. I'm not, no, I'm not kidding. The body, the picture didn't help him. And just his overall demeanor, I don't think it helped him. On the field, he's a killer. Uh, and June Jones alive is one of the 10 best co- quarterback evaluators on the planet right now. If he says it, you should listen. Um, and I'm in Kyle Shanahan's no dummy. It, like the accuracy from, from Mac is just off the charts and he's, he would fit perfectly. And, and his father, he, his father was, his, is this consigliere, you know, his father saw the same thing that it wasn't just Shanahan one and Shanahan. It was both of them wanted Mac. Yeah. And yet the organization, Lynch and Adam Peters, were staunchly against it. They spent, they spent all their time, why you can't draft Mac Jones, why we need a guy to make plays with his feet. Well, if you want to become Oklahoma, great. I mean, that's where the Eagles are. I mean, look at the Eagles yesterday. They ran the ball 40 times. They ran the ball 40 times. Okay, he made a great throw in the back of the end zone to Smith for a touchdown. Okay, great. You know. But at the end of the day, did his, you know, he had 178 yards passing. Did that cause you to win? The, no. He, the, the 40 rushes for 214. The 5-1. And how long was it before? I mean, Hurts had 14 carries in the game. He was the leading rusher in attempts. It happens every week. Mm-hmm. But if that's what you want your offense to be, then okay. That's no problem. You're going to have a hard time coming from behind in most games. But, you know, I mean, you got to get a pocket player. A lot of people think they know about quarterbacks. It's like Jared Goff when he came out. Like the guy we talked about at the beginning, the guy can't throw the ball with any ability other than high-low off of play action. Same with Baker. I'm telling you, I was convinced, and I would have made this mistake. Like I would say, okay, I'll pay Baker 30. No, I, after yesterday, I don't think I'd pay Baker 30. I, I, to me, Cleveland needs a quarterback. Would I pay Baker the franchise tag for one year? Absolutely. I'd get one more year out of him. I'd pay him the franchise tag. I'd swallow it hard, and I'd go draft one. Put Baker, put Mac Jones on Cleveland's team. They're winning. I love – I'm sorry. I just love I mean, Mac Jones. 
I mean, but look, Mac Jones is not the perfect. He's not. He's not going to be. Will he be a top five quarterback in the league? Probably not. Will he be a top ten? Maybe. But all the pieces around him become better because of him. It's a little bit like when you have a great point guard. You know, he makes everybody else a better player. He's eight games in, and 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 all the spur, all the superlatives that come out of New England. I mean, just the the conversation from some of these players about him, veteran guys, born guys have been around guys before. It's unbelievable. Well, we heard that before. Hear we heard that before with the Alabama kids. Believe what I, you I hear. I know, and everybody said it was just high. Everybody they said they said it was no comparison between him and Tua, and everybody wanted to dismiss it. So. Rams and 49ers both coming off losses. The Rams are 7-2 and two straight up. The 49ers, by the way, Michael, 1-5 straight up and ATS their last six games. We talked about Carolina just went in and pummeled this Arizona team. Arizona pummeled the 49ers last week, so there's got to be something there. Um, they put let, 487 yards on them last Colt week with Colt McCoy. Colt freaking McCoy. I mean, logic says, logic says you've got to take the Rams. But the one thing I will say is Custard last stand games are hard to predict, right? You know, Custard last stand games are hard. And, you, you know, this 49er offense under Kyle Shanahan is 30th in the National Football League in third down conversions. That shouldn't be. To me, this is – this. to me, I, I know the 49ers are the popular play. I all I get that. I would lean towards them only because of that – because I really think that, that the Rams are by far the better team and Matthew Stafford. But what bothers me about this is that the Niners' defensive front comes to play, which they're very capable of doing, then Matthew Stafford will have a hard day today, tonight. The Rams bounce back. They're 12-3-1 ATS, their last 16 following a straight-up loss. That is the scenario. Odell Beckham Jr., expectations. You know, I think he'll, you know, of course, we're going to go all Dick Vitale the first catch he makes. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine it. Oh, God. To listen to better it. Turn the, you better turn the mute is. button, homie. Oh, my mute God. Button. No, Millie's home. I can't. No, I got to have this sound on. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. so bad. Oh, this is going to be so painful. I mean, I think he'll fit. You know, they can't. He can't know everything so quickly. They'll tell him what to do. He'll run some routes. I'm sure he'll make some plays. I promise you, within the first five plays, he's going to get the ball to get him going. You know? Yeah. Robert Woods, by the way, that's so big because he also ran was really the, good. He ran the football like they did so many tri- little Woods things with really him. Good. Right. This guy's not better. The thing is, I keep saying to people, he's not better. Here's the other thing I think no one wants to talk about. Can Odell stay healthy? It's a great question. Hasn't in five years. I don't know why that Enough trend. Fun. I don't know why the trend would change. But he is yeah. on, you can find him, you go to the Rams official Insta and Twitter account, he's in the videos. I know that shocks you, but he's in there. So, enjoy the game. Have a great have a great couple days off, Patrick. Thank you, buddy. I'll miss you, trust okay. me. Okay, <laughs> you have a good day off as well. Michael Lombardi, and go check out the Van Zandt interview on his podcast as well. I, I, thank you. You're welcome. Odds on, coming up next. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.